1: Kids need their parents. They need mom and dad. And you as a parent have a very important purpose. Your job is to lead your child to Jesus Christ.
0: Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we need to bring our children to the Lord by going to the Lord ourselves. We need to set an example for them to follow.
1: Listen, some things are caught and some things are taught. And what your children need to see is your faith in action. So live a godly life.
0: This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.
1: Can you hear the angels are singing? This is the day, the day when life begins.
0: The years of influence we have over our children are precious but momentary. We need to lead them in the ways of the Lord. Somebody once said it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to set a course for practical biblical parenting. We'll explore the Lord's counsel to parents on how to rear our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord.
1: turn to Ephesians 6. We're in a series called Home Sweet Home. And the title of my message today is God's Plan for the Family. Here in Ephesians 6 verse 1 we read these words, Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Honor your father and your mother. Now I know Moms and dads are not always honorable people, but we should still honor them and offer respect to them. And I'll tell you something, kids need their parents. They need mom and dad. And here's a thought, kids don't need mom and dad to be their best friend, they need their mom and dad to be their parents. It's true. You know, sort of a popular trend today. Moms want to be best friends with their daughters and sometimes you read about these young celebrity girls and mom goes out and parties with the daughter and that is so absurd. Be a parent. Be an example because friends come and go but parents are there for life and you as a parent have a very important purpose in the life of your child. You're there to teach them right from wrong. You're there to provide for them. You're there to protect them And you're there to lay a foundation in their life, but most importantly, your job is to lead your child to Jesus Christ. And what a gift children are. What a gift children are. You know, Psalm 127, three says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. The word heritage could be translated gift. So another way to say it is children are a gift from heaven. They're a gift to us from God. They're not ours to possess. They're not ours to mold. They're ours to unfold and to nurture and point to Christ. And what a great privilege it is to have children, you know. Uh, Sometimes people will say, well, our kids are perfect. We've never had problems with our kids. And, you know, they've never rebelled. They've never been disrespectful. And I'll say, well, how old are your kids? Three and four. (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about? You know nothing about parenting yet? Now talk to me after you've survived the teenage years and maybe I'll listen to you. Reminds me of the advice of uh, Mark Twain who said years ago, things run along pretty smoothly until your kid reaches 13. That's the time you need to stick him in a barrel <laughs> and hammer down the lid, nice and snug, and feed him to the knothole. hole. And then Twain writes about the time he turned 16, plug up the knothole. hole. <laughs> That's not literal advice, by the way, in case someone thinks it is. So we need God's help to be moms, to be dads, and just as we need help with our marriages, we need God's help as parents, because we live in a culture that's largely hostile to the family, and it certainly does not support the role of mother and father. In fact, in many ways, culture, and by that I mean music, movies, television, and other things tend to undermine the role of the parent. But first of all, Paul directs his remarks to children. He says, obey your parents in the Lord, verse one. Honor your father and mother. This is the commandment with promise. It means to give weight to your parents. It's hard to be a parent today. This is why we read in the Gospels that the mothers brought their children to Jesus. And if you're a smart mom, you'll keep bringing your child to Jesus. And I love that story because the moms see Jesus, they bring their kids to him, and the disciples like push them back. They're like doing security all of a sudden, you know? Uh, don't bother the master right now, he's busy, he's tired. And, and Jesus said, hold on now, let those little children come unto me, and don't forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Let them come, and the kids came to Christ and loved him, and he loved them, and the mothers. But in the original language it can be translated, the mothers kept, bringing their children to Jesus. I like the fact that even though they were rebutted by the disciples, the moms were persistent. Like, no, we're bringing our kids to Christ. And you keep doing the same with your children as well. I'll say a few words about having a prodigal child uh, toward the end of the message, if that's what you're dealing with right now. But I remember during uh, one of these riots a while back, uh, the story of this mother that came and drug her boy home this mom turns on the TV. She sees her boy out in some riot in the streets. She runs in, they're filming this. This woman's name is Toya Graham. She grabs her son, drags him home. Now listen, she, she used some vulgarity, some profanity that we do not endorse, but you gotta love what she did. <laughs> she dragged that boy home. What are you doing? That's not the way I raised you. We expect mothers to do that. We expect moms to step up to the plate. We depend on moms to do that. Oh my goodness, if mom just took a day off collectively from the responsibilities, it seems like our culture would collapse overnight. But unfortunately, men are not stepping up to the plate like mothers usually do. There's exceptions. There's wayward moms that are horribly neglectful. But by and large, mothers are there for the children. We expect them to be there, but a lot of dads, well, they're missing in action. So as we read these scriptures here today, they're not just directed to women. They're directed to men because right now in our culture, we're losing fathers at an unprecedented rate. One expert said we're in danger of becoming a fatherless Society. Look at verse four. You fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Now, of course, this statement is assuming that the father is there. It was unheard of in first century culture for a father to abandon his responsibilities in his home. Nowadays, it seems to be almost the norm. I know a little about this. I was raised in a fatherless home, and to be completely candid, I was raised, in effect, in a motherless home. Uh, My mom didn't really raise me at all. I was just sort of left here and left there, and mostly left to myself. And uh, so this can be a problem for many people today. But here's why a dad is so important. I know this is putting a lot of pressure on you guys, but this is the truth. To a large degree, a child's view of God is based on their view of their father. You're an earthly representative of God. Oh boy, man, I'm not going there. That's too much pressure. Sorry, but you'll see a lot of times people will sort of transfer their relationship with their earthly father to their heavenly father. So if their earthly father was mean and harsh and maybe even abusive, they view God that way. If their earthly father was aloof and distant and uncommunicative, then they think God's that way. Of course, we need to know God isn't like that at all. God is loving, God is caring, God is nurturing, but God at the same time is just and righteous and holy. But you're a representative of God to your kids. That's why your role is so vital in the home.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And today he's reinforcing the important role that we have as parents to train up our children in the ways of the Lord. It's a message called God's plan for the family. Let's continue.
1: Here's what we're to do and not to do as parents. Verse four, don't provoke your children to wrath. The word provoke means to anger them. In fact, the word provoke means a repeated pattern of treatment that causes a child to have anger and resentment that boils over to outright hostility. How would we provoke our children? One way we anger our children or provoke them is by showing favoritism to one child over another. Experts say, The effects of parental favoritism left unchecked can be long lasting. A study was done that found siblings who since their mom consistently favored or rejected one child over another were far more likely to exhibit depression in middle age. The less favored kids also had ill will toward their parent or favored sibling. You see, this matters. There's a perfect example in the Bible of Isaac. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Isaac favored Esau. Because Esau was an outdoorsy, hunter type kid. And of course his father really loved his barbecue venison. But his wife, Rebecca, she favored Jacob. Jacob liked to hang around the house, you know help mom out a little bit. So this caused a division among the boys that went well into their adult years. That was favoritism. Now you would think that Jacob would have learned from this when he had his own family, but no, he goes and favors one of his sons over the others, he favored Joseph. So much so he gave him a special little coat. We know it as the coat of many colors, right? But actually, what that was was a long sleeved tunic, which basically said to the brothers, Joseph doesn't have to work in the fields and the hot sun like you. He's my favorite son. And, you know, certainly Joseph made things worse by tattling on his brothers, telling on his brothers. So they paid him back by selling him to slave traders. Man, you know you've ticked off your siblings when that happens. <laughs> but really,. There was a responsibility here on the part of his father, Jacob, in favoring him. Don't favor one child over another child. And by the way, kids know it when you have a favorite. You're not as clever as you think you are. You know, when I want to buy a gift for one of my granddaughters, I'll say, I'm going to get this for this granddaughter. And my wife will say, no, everything you buy, you have to buy five of them. You have five grandchildren. So I do the math and I say, she doesn't need it that much. Another way you provoke your children is by never complimenting them. Amen. You provoke them by never complimenting them or affirming them. I grew up in a home where there were no compliments. There was no affirmation. There was no atta boys. It just wasn't done. No hugs, no kisses, no I love you said by anyone to anyone. So when I became a dad, I think I overcompensated. I agree with the statement of Dr. Dobson when he said, every parent owes their first child an apology. <laughs> That's probably true. Because we all made mistakes with our first kids. Am I right? I did. So I, I think I overdisciplined. disciplined I was overly generous. I didn't understand those were not good things. And so, I mean, I've shared this example before, but... Uh, I would just take my son Christopher, my only boy at that point, Jonathan had not yet been born, and we'd just go to a toy store and I'd just buy him a toy for no reason. And not just a toy, a big toy. I'd say, hey, wanna go to the toy store? Yes! And so we went to Toys R Us and this is when Star Wars was out the first time. (laughs) That was a long time ago. I wish I had kept those figures in their original packaging. They're valuable now. So we would go and I'd say, okay, Christopher, you can pick out a little figure, pick out a Star Wars character. So he would look very carefully and think about it and pull different ones off. He's looking for, you know, Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader or Han Solo or someone like that. And he says, Dad, I want Han Solo. Well, meanwhile, when he was looking at the little characters, I was looking at the Star Wars hardware on the top shelf. And I had my eye on different ones and he said, I want Han Solo. I said, okay, great, we'll get it. How about the Millennium Falcon to go with it? And I take this giant box (laughs) off the shelf and we bought it. We came home, Kathy would look and just roll her eyes. Just like, what are you doing? Okay, so we can overdo things for sure. So one problem is never affirming our child. Another problem is over-affirming our child. This may be a problem more in culture today and the way a lot of younger parents are raising their children. They actually have come up with a term for it. It's called helicopter parenting. And an article said, quote, when praising children goes too far, parents used to worry about spoiling their kids and so they criticized lavishly and withheld praise. Now they worry about self-esteem so they withheld criticism and praise lavishly. And the problem with this is it's produced a lot of narcissistic, self-centered kids, and I see it all the time. Kids that have no respect. I always taught my boys respect. You know, an adult walks in the room, you stand up, and you shake their hand, and you look them in the eye, and you're respectful to people. You have to teach these things to kids. They don't do it naturally. When I look at disrespectful kids, that's the fault of the parents. Because the parents haven't done their job of parenting in helping the children. Now what are we to do? We're to bring them up, it says, in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bring them up. This could also be translated nourish and feed. Another translation says let them be kindly cherished. It says bring them up. It does not say knock them down. Nor does it say leave them to themselves because Proverbs 29, 15 says a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And that's a problem in many homes in America today. But listen, it's your job, mom and dad, your job to train your children to bring them up in the way of the Lord. And I'll tell you why to bring them up, because their sinful nature brings them down. I don't think I have to tell you that your child is a sinner. Just like you're a sinner. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. I never had to teach my boys how to sin. I never had to send them down, boys. I would teach you how to sin. Let's just start with this word, mine. No, I didn't have to teach them. It came naturally to them, just like it came naturally to me, like it will come naturally to every person. Now, what we need to do is help our children come to Jesus and develop their own relationship with God. Listen to this: nothing can really happen through us until it has first happened to us. And Paul writes in Philippians 4 9, the things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Listen, some things are caught and some things are taught. And what your children need to see is your faith in action. You know, when I first became a Christian, uh, I came from this crazy broken home, you all know that. And so, I mean, I was converted, my life was changed, and I would meet some kids that, were kind of rebelling against God. And they would tell me how they came from homes of hypocrisy. And I would say, man, you have no idea what a bad home looks like. I came from the worst home ever. Why would you not walk with God? And later I began to realize what hypocrisy does. In some ways it's almost better, almost, not really, but in some ways, it's almost better to come from a home of complete non-belief than to come from a home where mom and dad say they're Christians and they don't live it. And I'll tell you why. When you're raised in the kind of home I was raised in which was godless, multiple fathers, alcoholism, all that stuff, you know that's not good. And I kind of saw the world up close and personal. I said, I don't want that. There has to be something better. So at least I knew this is not the example to follow. But when you come from a home where mom and dad say they're Christians and they contradict it and they're fighting and they're screaming and they're getting drunk or doing whatever they do or even breaking up, this is the worst thing you can do to your kids. Because now you've given them an excuse for their unbelief. So live a godly life.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with some candid counsel today on the important responsibility of parenthood. Well, next time on A New Beginning, some more valuable insight for parents from Pastor Greg's message, God's Plan for the Family. I hope you can join us for more from his family series, Home Sweet Home. Next time on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called God's Plan for the Family. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 00 50 11 or visionstore.org.au Station Sponsor